It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and today we are talking about sexual identity. And here I am with Erin Hickok today. Erin, I am so glad to be back with you. Like, I've missed our girl time, seriously. (laughs) Yes, I missed you too. I thought about you and I I did enjoy the time off also. But man, there's something really nice about the rhythm of connecting with you each week. It feels, yeah, sexy and... Fun, and I'm so glad that we're back. Yeah, like just having the girl time is nice. I mean, I had a couple of really great podcast interviews with you know, a couple guys that I really love and consider to be good friends, and it was so nice to connect with them. But like having girl time is just good. <laughs> mm, yes, 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 yes. So, what's been going on? Oh, well, I've been, I have been like plotting and planning and um, yeah, just looking at like working on my business and working on my personal growth have been my top two. Um, And I've been thinking a lot about creating like what kinds of new decks to create. So that's been a really fun exploration, like imagining what that would be. And through that, I decided that I want to, I decided that I want to completely sell out on Amazon all of my decks and get new, even new decks on Amazon. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah, I think that that is going to be a really fun way. The first one that I want to do, of course, is the sexy deck, the intimacy deck. Are you going to make it sexier? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think actually, you know, to have more conversations with people and uh, yeah, bring in like more spice, bring in, bring in more people's perspectives, mm. um, like how to expand the deck. Cool. So I was actually going through um, boxes the other night because I in Arizona now and have not fully unpacked everything. So I was going through some boxes and came across my um, Cards Against Humanity deck. And I thought of you. (laughs) I was like, ah, Erin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I got to say, I do like that game. (laughs) I haven't played it in so long, but it's fun. Yeah, it's a pretty wild one. It definitely inspires me to create more games. That's so for sure. Do you remember when uh, Sohan had the the tea house? Um, Like not not in the space it is now, but when it was like in the little the little tea spot. 
Totally. Did you ever go there and play Cards for Humanity? Yeah. Oh, me too. Oh my God. Those were the days, man. That was fun. Oh, that's so, yeah. That, this little, little spot, stuffing all the people in there. To, <laughs> <laughs> to sip our tea and play our cards. <laughs> right? So good. Oh, man. And here we are now. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, you know, still in quarantine. I have... I've been a lot more active as far as like, I guess, been a lot more proactive when it comes to meeting people on the dating apps. I actually went on one physical date, which was a little bit interesting. I kind of, I felt like a little bit shell-shocked. It was like the first first big adventure out, you know, after like two and a half months inside it was, he was a really nice guy. He was, you know, I felt like we had great conversation. I didn't feel a whole lot of physical chemistry, even though he was attractive, um, you know, and I liked him and everything. I wasn't, I don't know, wasn't totally feeling it, but it was a little bit weird because like mm-hmm. after um, he did like try to kiss me and I was just kind of like, you know like here we are you know with all this COVID shit and I'm like I don't I can't just like make out with you I'm like I don't know have you been quarantining you know yeah totally this is like a safe sex conversation but for kissing (laughs) yeah it was kind of weird it was my first experience with it because like we hadn't had those conversations of like you know have you been making out with other people (laughs) have you been you know like I don't know what are you what are you doing with your time so that was honestly it was pretty awkward (laughs) yeah I can imagine Uh, and I was just like here we are like this is what COVID has done to fucking dating you know because like I'm definitely not somebody that would have hesitated in the past and like now I'm just like oh I'm gonna think about that (laughs) maybe we need to talk more (laughs) so yeah and then I don't know. I, t- I told you about that sex coach that I was talking to oh, yes. and I kind of just let that one fizzle. I ended up not really being as excited about it. And then let's see. So then there was another guy that I've been talking to for like the last couple of weeks and we have not met in person. I'm definitely feeling good chemistry with him just you know through messaging so we'll see what happens in person but he's like for me I'm always like okay can you keep a conversation are you interesting are you curious what are you passionate about you know I'm wanting to find out these type of things you know and he's he's a really good guy so I'm I'm excited to meet him hopefully we do that this weekend And then, let's see, today I just uh, matched with another guy that he's French, he's from Paris, and he's also seems to be very interesting as well. Like, that's a big deal for me, you know, like, I, I actually matched with a guy yesterday who, super attractive, but like, his, on his profile, it says, yes, yes, I'm real. I was like, okay um (laughs) like you're attractive but you know okay it's just kind of a weird thing to write you know and then in our our limited correspondence it was very very shallow and I was just like I can't even deal so I didn't even reply after like the second back and forth (laughs) so I definitely want to be you know, with somebody that you can have a conversation with, uh, I just, I can't, I can't handle it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation is for me. Yeah. That's a key, key component. It's not going to (laughs) work unless we like to hang out and talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's like, there's definitely a balance between, I mean, it's different with COVID right now, but I, 
I like to get out there and meet somebody, but I also want to have first found out like if it's, if I think it's going to be worth my time. Like some of these guys are just like, you know, after the first line, like, Hey, you want to meet up? And it's like, well, I don't know. My time is actually really valuable. My attention is really valuable and it's going to take me, you know, an hour to get ready 30 minutes to get to wherever you are, a couple hours spent with you. And like, I don't have time just to do that if it's not going to be worth it. So like, I've got to get to know you a little bit first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. That is a real thing. I feel that way also like about like friendships and like everything else. I mean, there's, I feel like it's like giving giving us like a new understanding and respect for our time there it is at least for me just being yeah like online with people and having this time to myself it's like oh yeah I want to be really mindful about who I'm choosing to give my attention to yeah definitely so yeah that's kind of where I'm at with it all starting up the whole dating thing in in phoenix now bye bye austin (laughs) (laughs) i do know i do feel like guys here are different though like every every place has kind of a different flavor of people and so far i'm i'm liking what i'm meeting here guys here actually seem to be pretty mature which is hot Maturity is fucking sexy. Heck yeah. I do love it. Yeah, I love a good conversation. I love like the sensibleness. Like I'm also into adventure, obviously, but the sensible, like you got your stuff. That is that is sexy. (laughs) Yeah, like you you have a job. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's good. Yeah. Mission, uh source of income. Yeah. Taking care of business. How is the uh the Fitbit for your lady bits been? Ooh, oh yes. I did get a chance to download my sessions and have a look at the information. I did notice that like I must have like sent individual things because I had to delete several of them because they were like sessions that were like one second or two seconds long. Um, like when I start it, I must like start it more than once or something. Anyways, it was pretty easy to just delete them and have uh, have a look at the the waves and the rhythm, and then the different like times of day and like length of session. I found all that really interesting to to have a look at, and then of course the research part of just playing with it. Are you, did you notice any patterns like based on sleep or time of day or what you've eaten, anything like that? I'm kind of sporadic and spontaneous. I've tried a lot of different times of day. There was like, yeah, if it's like late at night, like it seems like there's more time to go longer um, later in the evening. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to play with. It's pretty like I mean, it makes noise, obviously, but it's uh, it's pretty quiet. And um, I think one the next adventure for me, I saw this article about um, trying CBD lubricant. Mm. So I'd be curious about that if there's like a water-based version of that. Mm-hmm. Because this one's silicone, so it needs a water-based version. But I'm sure that there's something out there to give it a try. Nice. Yeah, I guess it's just supposed to maybe help relax that area. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I would, I think that would be nice, especially I'm on my moon and I feel like that might be super great to relax that area directly, you know? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. That would be awesome. And I do already use like pleasure, self-pleasure, like as a practice during my moon cycle. It helps relieve cramps and relax me. Um, Like I just do like a massaging kinds of stuff. And that really, that helps also. (laughs) Yeah. 
there's a company that I like. I don't know if they have lube or not, but they have a lot of different products. So they might, and I use their CBD to help with sleep. And it's actually the first product that I found that um, has helped long-term. Like sometimes I'll find different things that'll help short-term and then they stop working. Um, And this has actually been helping for several months, but the company is called American Shaman uh, and they have it online. So you could check and see if they have like any type of lube. I would guess they probably do. It seems like they have a lot of different types of products. Nice. Might be fun. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be great. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, well, like we talked before, I don't have like the any vibrating toys, but I do have this one dildo. It's actually made out of granite, so it's like super heavy duty and like I just love the density of it I love the heaviness of it I love the the cool texture like it just it feels really great and I was sexting with uh one of my new (laughs) play playmates (laughs) the other night and pulled that out and it was a lot of fun so yeah it's called the the laid the it's L-A-I-D, and I really had fun with that. It's one that I like a lot. Even that, I don't use a whole lot. Usually, I just use my fingers, but I definitely was feeling like I want that feeling of, like, inside of me, something deep inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that did the trick, so yeah. hopefully... Uh, before too long it'll be safe to go out I like the jujitsu schools are opening now and I've been dying to get in there and train but I just don't want to do that either you know it's just like in any training session I'll be you know rolling with different people and no matter how clean the school is, like how clean they're keeping their mats and everything, you still don't know what somebody else has been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's like a whole lot of conversations. Like it adds up really quickly. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I'm curious what, yeah, I'm curious how people will find solutions. Like if it will be like small group gatherings that will be, like the win, right? If it can be, yeah, because holding, definitely grappling with a person is like, that's like a lot of contact. <laughs> like oh, yeah. breathing. Yeah, it's like, that's like akin to make out level. It really is. And you've got like literally every time you're like dealing with somebody else's sweat in your eyes, somebody else's sweat in your mouth, like (laughs) people farting. (laughs) It's pretty gross. I don't know why the fuck we do it, but it's fine. (laughs) Oh God. Well, okay. So let's talk about sexual identity kind of start doing that because so it's actually sexual identity is one thing but it starts with our identity first and foremost like it doesn't even just have to be sexual identity what identity is it's these collection of beliefs that we have about ourselves right it's like these thoughts that give us this sense of who we are this sense of self so already off the bat, you can see that it's not actually true, right? It can be very much, your thoughts can change all the time. The way you view yourself can change all the time, right? But the thing is, identity is actually really powerful because it's what we believe about ourselves. It's how we associate with ourselves. And then there's like identities that we have taken on so that way we can survive, right? 
if we were raised in a certain type of environment where we had to um, to act a certain way in order to be accepted by our family in order to survive in our family, that's an identity that we take on. Um, but most people are living with identities that are not set at a level of thriving they're more set at a level of survival. Um, yeah. And like most people don't even question their identity. Like they just think, you know, or they just go through life and just like, this is who I am. And they don't even think twice about it. But our identities are actually something that we can shift, that we can change, and we can choose to take on empowering identities. Uh, you like when when we're kids, we have like this original essence. We have these, mm-hmm. we have original impulses, but like there's nothing really fixed, like it's ever changing. But as we get older, we start to construct these thoughts, these beliefs, you know, and like we make them in some ways like appear to be static and fixed, but really they aren't. So like the, the Buddhists have always said this, like that there is no fixed self and it's actually true. And there's even been long-term studies done on teenagers where they were followed all the way into their like 60s, 70s, 80s. And they, what was found was that almost none of the characteristics remained constant over a lifetime. So that's really empowering when you look at how much choice you actually have in your life, in your identity, how you show up in the world. But because most people don't know that, they don't realize it, they don't, they don't choose to empower themselves. They stay, stay stuck, stay stagnant, static, just stay in the patterns that they're in when it's absolutely not necessary to do that. Yeah. I think it's like, for me, it's like, the difference between a black and white thinking of this is always this way, like versus a multidimensional thinking or like full spectrum, which is like, these are all the different possibilities. And I or anyone could be any of these, a mixture of these things. Right. Yeah. Like, and there's just, there, there's so many possibilities that we have and so much of what we we live with the way we live our life is just according to stories that have been put on us identities that have been put on us we believe these things we live our life according to these things when we could instead choose the story for our life that we really desire to have but you know it's it takes it like one of the things that i really enjoy doing in my life personally is noticing like something new that I want to try something new that I want to experience and like just living that. And (laughs) when I first started in my personal development practices, it was probably like 15 years ago or something when I first started on this journey. And no, I mean, it was even, it was before that, but like, I remember around 15 years ago, there was one specific teacher that I was working with and and it was specifically health related. So David Wolf, like he does a lot with, talks a lot about superfoods and um, like that was really big like 15 years ago. And I mean, it still is, but like that was kind of when it first like came front and center and, you know, superfoods were like this novelty thing. Like now they're pretty mainstream or not mainstream, but they're pretty normal, you know, for people Mm -hmm. that are interested in health, that type of thing. And so I was reading David Wolf's book, The Sun Food Diet. And I paraphrase because I don't remember exactly what he said, but something to the effect of, if you want to be a healthy person, be a healthy person, live as a healthy person, just live your life as if you are that. And I like, I remember that time being like, wow, like it's just as easy as that. And I just started doing it. Like I just started living my life as in the, in the way of the type of health I wanted to have. 
eating those foods, you know, cooking the way that uh, the type of person that I wanted to be would cook, you know, growing my own vegetables, things like that. And like, it just, it, it really was as simple as that. Like the shift was just like, okay, now I'm just going to do it. And I did it. And I've really seen how in my life I'm able to transform, change my identity by just simply choosing, okay, this is, this is who I am now. This is who I'm going to show up as and just doing it. I love it. I mean, that's really just doing it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Just do it. (laughs) I mean, there's a little bit of strategy in there, but like, that's like 90% just do the thing. Yeah, you know, because so many times people come up with excuses and reasons why they can't, reasons why they don't. And it's like, well, or you could just do it, you know? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you've played with this in your life. Oh, I love trying on different identities and seeing, like, embodying a thing. Even if it's like, that's why I love improv. Like, even if it's just, for a few minutes to try on being like all of the different things, feel what it all feels like because it helps. I think, I think having multi-dimensional perspective helps create far more possibility, magic, miracles. Like it invites in so much more like for our creativity to become expressed, especially when you mix in other people. It's like the power of that is just so so awesome and whatever kinds of identities people like some people will have identities that stick with them more that like mean more to them right like specific characters that they want to have be part of them more and some are it's like we're trying on it or it's like a different version of ourselves like just go back and look at some pictures you see tons of versions of yourself you know and why not create whatever version is your next version because you are right now by doing the things yeah exactly you know like we live in a society where traditionally it's been like the the cultural narrative has been that women are weak they're helpless they're overly overly emotional they're dramatic right and as women if we look at our if we view ourselves in that way are we going to thrive Absolutely not, you know, and so like changing your own personal narrative Mm. of like, no, like I have emotions, but that does not mean I'm overly emotional. Um, You know, like I am definitely like sometimes I need help, but that does not mean that I am helpless. Are there areas of my life in which I am weaker than others? Am I stronger in some points in some areas than others? Yes, but that doesn't mean that I'm weak, right? Like we have these cultural narratives that can be so disempowering. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we don't consciously shift them, then we're living by them and, and we're not having the fullest expression that we could. So it's really, it is, it's critical that we, I think that we look at, you know, what we believe, like identity, there's like identity and like who we are, but it's also, it's like who we believe that we are and also who we, like what we believe about everything that we perceive around us and our relationship with that. Like identity isn't just like us individually, it's our, our place in the world. And to, it's important to actively program like how we want to be in that. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, like there's there's so many different ways too that you know we're just given identities that that marginalize us, right? Like different people, different groups are marginalized because society dictates dictates that. And it's complete bullshit, you know, and that's why we see such a rise now in people saying like, no, I'm not going to be marginalized by society based on 
the size of my body, the color of my skin, the gender that I am, you know, all these different things that we see people really um, becoming more expressive. And I guess like kind of the the back, it's not the topic of conversation here today, but kind of the back side of the dark side of that is that is happening is that in response to that, like some of those people are now wanting to marginalize those that they feel were originally marginalizing them. Um, so we have a whole new cultural thing that is <laughs> happening. There is always, you know, issues everywhere, but something, you know, that's part of, part of humanity, another story that we're creating. <laughs> Uh, is it ever gonna end Aaron <laughs> some people are gonna fight and some people are gonna play and I really believe that when people who are fighting pause and they see people who are playing that they will also play I like that yeah yeah I think for the most part we don't need to be fighting like if there's an option between the two like playing is ideal and a lot of us a lot of us know that. Um, some of us don't, and we're learning and we're reprogramming, but I would say that we have greater opportunity as humans to be more awesome in the, in the world. Like we have more access to technologies for upgrading ourselves and systems that like people, like people who had access to the information that we have now, like once were like only the most elite people, right? Right. We can access so, so much now and we can choose. I think the thing is like choosing wisely, right? Like picking, picking who you are becoming and actively moving forward on that so that we can rise. I feel like with sexuality specifically, the ability to play, to enjoy, to have fun comes from feeling whole, from feeling healed, you know, healing whatever wounding is there, whatever pain people have. And like, that's really a huge part of the liberation when it, of work when it comes to being sexually liberated. And I, when I say sexually liberated, I don't mean as far as like going out and just having sex with a lot of people, I mean, to feel internally like you are free sexually, you're free to have the kind of sex that you want to have, whatever that is for you. Deep, intimate sex with a long-term monogamous partner. That is sexual freedom for some people, you know, and that's amazing. But like one of the things at and my company tantric activation is like the way the sexuality is expressed can be totally like sixth grade boy bathroom humor it can be like raw primal sexuality it can be just that total fuck energy of sex it can be totally sacred elevated transcendent type of sex it can be sexual healing like going into the pain, the suffering of sex, right? So like sex can have so many different expressions of it. And how can you experience any of those if you're locked into a box, which is, you know, typically some sort of construct put on you, um, limitations put on you by society, but like an identity that you can put on of sexual liberation is to be able to experience like sex in all of its different forms and facets and just like the joy, the bliss, it's a, the fun, the play that's available for us in all these different ways. Yes. <laughs> Yum. Yes. Let's have that. that <laughs> sounds great. Can just everybody sign up? <laughs> <laughs> they are actually <laughs> it's, it's amazing how many people are signing up that want this they're like yes 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 give me give me give me <laughs> right I think it's even some of it is like our permission to just have this like can we really like that's the difference between thriving and surviving right it's like oh well what if play and pleasure is part of my everyday and 
what if like my expression and creation and like just being here is like totally worthy of like living well and like when you sort of think about identity and the identities that culture gives us, like it's so fucking random, right? So when we're talking about um, body shapes, like definitely we get pigeonholed into different identities based on body shape, but we don't really, the same thing doesn't happen for nose shape right? Like, so who picked and said like, no shape doesn't matter, but body shape does, right? Mm-hmm. Or like when it comes to hair color, like there's less of an identity around hair color than there is around skin color. So like somebody was like, oh, skin color really matters, but hair color, uh, you know, does, you, your kid can come out blonde hair or brown hair and like, you know, it's not that big a deal. You're going to just be like, Oh, you know, whatever. But like, if you're a, um, it's just skin color can be so much bigger of a divide for people. And so it's just like really crazy how people's lives get dictated by these things. Yeah. I mean, it seems much easier to just interact with people and find out if they are quality, you know, like quality people, like people who want to do good things in the world, people who are here to like help and be supportive, like character, right? That's, that's my thing. That's far more important than, (sighs) yeah, silly things. Like you said, just random things that we think mean things that they don't. It's just old programs, Sarah. It's old programs that need to be upgraded. Yeah. Yeah. Little error error codes. We can just upgrade them. (laughs) We have the technology. We just have to just do it and take some action. (laughs) Just what if we could just like plug our brains into some like computer and (laughs) upgrade? Right. I mean, that's what I really am going for with the cards, though, honestly, is to give people a way to upgrade easily, like basically no matter what they do, if they interact with it, that it will help them. I know we we talked about, I'm like going off on a tangent here, we talked about um, Molly's game. Oh, yeah, I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Did you like it? Yeah, I did like it, actually. Did you did you like have any kind of inspiration for your cards with, with it? Oh, I don't know if I watched it like that. Let me think about it for a second. Uh, yeah, for my cards. Gosh, I mean, I could make some like games though. That's for sure. Like it's about holding the game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like the way that she put on a party and that she was, she definitely was like taking action to do the thing. And I, and she also had a lot of character, like we were just talking about, like showing up and like, that was part of the story I felt. I could see you holding games like that. Like super, like super high level networking, like intimate, intimacy building games. Yeah, totally. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I I can see that so clear. You're like the Molly of cards for connection. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, that's so fun. Well, I'm, I'm going to need to build a little bit of a team uh, if I'm doing things at that level. Um, So I'm going to need some additional client and to sell some more cards and some great applicants for my team well um we will let's put your uh amazon link in the uh show notes i don't think we have that let's do that um yeah and i want to hook everybody up who helps with that the amazon sell out so depending on which deck you get and what your desire is i would love to give you access to an event or a training 
yeah, the sexy deck, I'm going to do additional like trainings and videos and things to go with that. So yeah, I'll add it to the show notes. Cool. Yeah, let's definitely do that because I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming next. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll have some play tests. Um, I definitely want to invite you. It'll be kind of like a Molly's game. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so excited. Seriously, like my pussy's all lit up. (laughs) Let's make some new rainbows of sexiness. Like, do it. I'm in. (laughs) All right. So I totally went off on a tangent there, but (laughs) it just it presented itself. I love it. I love it. Well, if we're coming back from a tangent, do you have any stories to share with us, Sarah Rose? Hmm. Any stories? I feel like I've already like said so many stories today, talking about all the guys I'm talking to. Um, talking, talked about, I think I talked about another story too. I don't know. I'm feeling excited about moving, just like hoping to start getting out a little bit, you know? I mean, three months is a long time, but still just being cautious. So I think that's that's kind of the, the thing right now, like not knowing that that, that level of balance. Um, I will say that this whole quarantine thing has made me a lot more interested in actually having a relationship and like having one person that Mm. I'm having sex with and that I know I can have sex with that person and it's like I'm not worried about Mm. COVID that type of thing so not wanting to like rush into relationship because of COVID but like still feeling a lot more like that would be really nice. Like I don't want to spend the next two years dealing with this whole, you know, quarantine from time to time COVID shit and just like never be able to have sex because of it. So (laughs) a a lot more open to relationship right now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, speaking of opening, like I, so I haven't done any dating but I've started like meeting people outdoors for like hiking adventures. You know, I live with, I, I have roommates. So like, we're pretty conscious about what we are up to, but yeah, that it's like having, it's like, it's like having safe sex conversations, but like with your friends about like their living habits and like, like hygiene or whatever, like whatever it is for each people, it's like navigating this whole thing that to me has this flavor of like, yeah, like checking people's STI status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's behavior stuff, right? Oh yeah, totally. Like it's so just things that we took for granted before. Well, do you know what it, your love language is? Quality time is my most loved yeah, it is my most loved. And actually, I love to receive acts of service. I love to give quality time. Oh, okay. Nice. Mine is definitely physical touch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, not being intimate with people and not doing jujitsu, like, mm-hmm. it has been a strain on my body. Like, I literally feel it in my body of, like, I just need touch. And that's part of what is so amazing about jujitsu is like you can you can have all that physical contact with people without it being sexual. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that is really lacking in society. And it's like one really rare space where you can have that. We've got about acro yoga too, but it's the same kind of thing right now with like, well, who are you going to play with? Like, (laughs) it's like really close quarters, right? But I guess, you know, maybe you have a housemate or like a person who you talk to. And then that's the thing is that you create like a small group of people who are supportive of your shared interest. And also like, you know, they got, they got your back. Yeah. There's a, 
like that they're going to be responsible in their connections like also like beyond just when they're with you you know Mm -hmm. yeah for sure what cards do we have for today or do we have any questions that came in we do we do let's get the questions let's do it all right are you ready i'm ready (laughs) all right so this one says I've done a lot of personal development work and I feel like I'm transformed internally but the people around me treat me as I was before how do I get them to see me as I am now yeah that's a good question and that's actually something that's really common that happens is that like we'll do personal development work. We'll do transformational work. We'll go through this growth internally. And yet the people in our lives want to keep us in the same place that we were before. And it can be really difficult to like really stay to become solidified in that, that new state of transformation that you're in if you're continually being brought back to where you were before. So that's why it's really good to have a strong network of people around you that are going to celebrate you in your new place, that are going to really see you, acknowledge you for where you're at. You know, so it's like, it's kind of a, in in some ways, it's a little bit challenging because you can see different groups that will do this where, and then they, they kind of form almost like it can be kind of like a cult around like their transformation. Right. You know, but you feel really comfortable being around these people because they, they speak this love, this language of transformation. They see you in this new place. They encourage your growth, that type of thing. But unfortunately what then tends to often happen is like, it can be exclusive to other people in your life, you know, and sometimes maybe that's a good thing. Like if people in your life need to go, they need to go. But like, you just want to be, be kind of cautious and aware of maybe aware more than cautious of like the, the potential of like becoming exclusive because that's not really, um, a very like, great place to be either where you're like you know excluding people almost in a way of like well you're just not like you're not good enough it can can become very dogmatic and judgmental in itself which is not a space of being evolved or like um you know conscious either so it, it can be funny how you can see different groups like that kind of start to settle in and almost like go back into the place where they were before. So, um, just being aware of that, but, but that's why, like, as far as the, the transformation and like really staying in that place, that's why I love group coaching programs. Like man on fire is a group coaching program and it's very group coaching is a lot more effective than personal individual coaching is because of that group environment of being seen by the peers in in the group of being held accountable by them of like showing up in that new space so when you're going through some sort of transformation i would encourage you to find others in your life that that will see you that will recognize you in that place did any other questions come in Yeah, so we do have one more question. Uh, This one says, I come from an abusive family and I want to stop that lineage of abuse. How do I start? Uh, Yeah, this actually ties into identity. Like what identity are you going to take on? For your life? Um, are you going to take on the identity of somebody that is an abuser, 
somebody that has been abused? Or are you going to take on the identity of somebody that is healthy and conscious and, you know, allowing, like really living in that, that state of, of thriving in your life and the people in your life thriving as well. So there's a lot of healing work that needs to be done in this type of situation. Like it really is, um, creating a new psychological construct within yourself. And it's like, if you have really suffered from abuse, like really look into getting help, find somebody that is trained that can help you with all of that. And um, because, you know, as, as you know, from your question, I can tell, you know, that this is, it's not, it's not an easy thing but it absolutely can be done. So it's great that you are, um, that you're really desiring that. What happens is when we grow up in abusive situations, often we feel unsafe. We feel like we are unlovable. We create like these false sense of selves that we we live according to and um, because we had to for so long in order to survive. And so you can heal that by, by doing practices, things, we, we actually do stuff like this in the Man on Fire program to help reconnect with your original essence, with who, you know, who you were originally before the abuse began. But it's, it's stuff that takes time, right? This is not an over, overnight, but knowing what you desire and continuing to keep your eye on that desire living that life, living as that person is, is going to take you far in, in this, um, in this desire that you have to break that lineage. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just want to say, and thank you for saying yes to help heal that for your family. And I just want to speak, just say that on the other side of that healing is really powerful medicine for you and for everyone that you interact with. So thank you for taking those first steps. Yeah, like really doing um, ancestral healing and like working with parental energies is really powerful because sometimes you need to heal for your family line to really let this go. So it's actually been proved that genetically things get passed on, not just in your genes. Um, like whether your mother was in feast or famine or whether your grandmother was in fear or felt truly nourished by her environment, like these things create settings on our genes um, that show which genes get to be expressed. So that's all like in epigenetics. And then in different mystical traditions, it's always been talked about like things get passed on, you know, shows up on a biological level. So you can change your epigenetics, you can change your ancestral line um, through different tools and practices that you can like really use to heal these patterns, these issues that show up. So there, there are definitely ways to go about this, but it takes, it takes working with somebody that, uh, that understands it, that can guide you through it. It's more than just like, you know, a question I can answer on a podcast. It's like specific practices that we would go through. Yeah, I love, uh, this makes me think of group programs. Again, um, I've done amazing, uh, group work and leadership work around clearing my lineage. And it took me doing a lot of personal work in advance of that, of a lot of different kinds before I ever, you know, stepped into like a really deep program um, like that. But it's something that's, yeah, like we have, like our superpowers are available, like through, like on the other side of our fear. Yes, absolutely. And on the other side of our healing. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and like we, we have a choice, like we can let go of the victim. We can choose empowerment. And sometimes just knowing that we have a choice goes a long way towards helping us take the step in that direction. I love that so much. 
come, coming back again, choosing who you're becoming and just doing the thing, <laughs> doing it. Yes. Uh, hey, Sarah. Yeah, Erin. Do you, uh, do you want to play some cards? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think we should do, I still want to do the sexy ones. I almost grabbed the positive programming ones because mm. um, those ones like help reframe um, but I, I feel so like really missing the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> let's save the positive programming one for another day. Okay. Uh, and let's play the sexy one. Uh, would you like to pick a color? Uh, what color do I want? Hmm. <laughs> well... Trying to, I'm scanning my body to see where I feel the most charge. Mm. I always feel the most charge in my pussy. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yow. <laughs> Let's go orange. Yes. Excellent. To me, sexy is blank. To me, sexy is how I feel. It's just like this energy inside of me. Uh, it's a way of moving. It's a way of interacting. Uh, it's a way of feeling lit up inside uh, and how that expresses from my body, uh, mm -hmm. in my body and pours out of my body. Yeah. How about you? Hmm. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, to me, sexy is a feeling. It's a, yeah, it's a turn on and excitement that moves energy inside me. Mm. <laughs> so I uh, I want to do another one, but I what I noticed um, over the last couple of interviews, I I did these cards with the guys that I was interviewing, and like I would get one word answers, <laughs> ah. <laughs> and I was like, I, when I was first asked, and I was like waiting for the next, you know, like what they're gonna say, and they were done, and I'm like, okay, next card. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, we can go on and on and on about these cards. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. And not to say that all guys are like that. I definitely have guys in the Man on Fire program that are very, very, very wordy and expressive mm -hmm. and, like, very colorful in their explanations and <laughs> descriptions of things. Um, but that was just funny. Like, that was my experience over the last couple of weeks. And it's, like, nice to... <laughs> Yeah, to get into all the uh, descriptive juiciness that we do. <laughs> Should I pick blind this time, or do you want to pick another color? Mm, all right, go for a blind. This one. Oh, how appropriate for the show. My favorite kinds of sex stories are blank, blank, and blank. Ooh, my favorite kinds of sex stories are, uh, let's see, you know, actually, I would say some of my favorite kinds of sex stories are when I hear about guys that I'm working with that they maybe like their sex life with their wife has shut down and they haven't been having sex in a long time and then they start having like really awesome sex and they're so happy like that really mm -hmm. excites me 
Uh, and then also when guys that I'm working with are having, like, they've been struggling with something, you know, and like, it's really shut down their sexual confidence, maybe some sort of sexual dysfunction or just any type of challenge that they're having sexually. And then like, they break through that and start having really fucking awesome sex. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like, it's just, it's the best ever i'm really i'm so happy like whenever my clients are having incredible sex like it's every bit as good as if when i'm having incredible sex if not even better somehow because it's like i'm just so excited for them and i'm so excited that like what i'm doing is really helping to change lives oh yes it's like heroic heroic sex (laughs) like (laughs) The full journey, the like the whole the whole thing. I love that. Uh, I love that so much, Sarah Rose. <laughs> well, I think that's the story right there. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode, and you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Tonight